0: Welcome to a special edition of the Sounder at Heart slash Coffee and Valkyries podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shann. I will not actually be participating in this episode, but it will be hosted by Tim Foss with Steve Vogt and Jacob Cristobal
1: of Ride of the Valkyries. We wanted to do something special for the doubleheader. The Sounders and Rain are playing on Sunday, and we hope you enjoy it.
0: Welcome to a combined episode of Sounder at Heart and Coffee and Valkyries. Uh, I'm Tim Foss and I'm joined by Steve Vogt and Jacob Christobal. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing well.
2: How are you doing?
0: Doing all right. Uh, very excited for a, an incredibly full day of soccer and you know music and food and stuff this Sunday. Um, I uh, should go without saying, but probably should mention that we're recording ahead of the Sounders and O.L. Reign doubleheader against the Portland teams this Sunday. Uh, both teams are coming to this game after having grabbed pretty dramatic late game wins uh, in their last league games. The, the, Rain getting theirs via a couple Megan Rapino penalties, the Sounders getting theirs via a Javi Arriaga goal, and then a Will Bruin-Galazzo. Um, those wins put both teams in pretty good playoff positioning as we start heading into the home stretch of the seasons. A win for either team and both teams really in this coming game could go a long way to securing their playoff fortunes. The rain could jump into third place with this. Um, It's been a pretty hectic season, so the potential to go third place might be a surprise to some people. Uh, Jacob, do you want to talk about how the rain got to this point?
2: Sure. So when this uh, 2021 NWCL season started, basically all eyes were on Okay, we have a full season. Let's see what Fareed Benstedi, then coach, can do with this squad because obviously the pandemic season they just played the Challenge Cup and the Fall Series, so it was literally uh, less than ten games, exactly nine to be exact. So it was time to see. Okay, he has a full off season, a full training camp. Uh, you know, we're gonna have a full regular season. Let's see what the team can do uh, under him and. There were flashes of what this team could do based on how much uh, talent they had acquired, were developing, but then also were coming uh, as the season went on, namely uh, the trio from Lyon and Eugenie Lesomer, Jennifer Marjan, and Sarah Buedi. Um Unfortunately, the results were mixed, more leaning towards the negative side, because while they did string a couple of wins, um, they were just mixed in a bunch of other losses and just like draws where um it just wasn't all clicking together. So before uh I think like the first game in July, um it was kind of a surprise to really everybody. Fareed departs. Um they say it's you know mutual consent. Um we you know don't know the full details as to why his reason reasons for leaving the team but um Sam lady steps up, uh, the assistant coach as on, on an interim basis, they pull off four wins in a row. And then during that time, it's announced that Laura Harvey comes back to coach the team that she was the very first head coach of this team when they were back, uh, called Seattle rain FC. So that's the very quick, uh, how did we get to this point where Laura Harvey's back to coaching the team? She's obviously excited about, uh, facing against the old rival, uh, the Portland Thorns. And yeah, a win uh, this Sunday and they secure third place uh, pretty much on their own. Other things need to happen around the league, obviously. But going into the home stretch where basically it's about 10 games or less for just about every team in the league, it's, you know, positioning really matters as well as picking up the wins uh, where they need to. But yeah, um, to encompass it all, They started out with Farid. It wasn't really working despite some flashes of it working here and there, or at least we we were seeing the potential of it, but then he leaves. And I think it just kind of alleviated everybody from the sense of like, it's easy to go back now and just watch those previous performances, but it looked like every player was thinking too much about what to do instead of just letting their natural athletic ability and instincts, you know, do what they do. It's like, you have Megan Rapino, you have Jess Fishlock, you have Eugenie Lesomare, just let them be who they are in terms of, you know, what made them such uh, impact players. And so that's how everybody's been playing really loose and I think just a lot more comfortable with each other. But yeah, we now have, uh, you know, just uh, probably the one person, the one coach that could, you know, still take, the very high expectations of this very loaded team, which are still very much a team that can be, perhaps should be playing in the championship game. You know, they've had all of these obstacles throughout the course of the season, but it's like, if you're a rain fan, there's nobody better else in the world that you would want to be the steward of this team that can still get them to, you know, that ultimate game. Yeah, it's,
0: it's so interesting to watch since really since Ben Steedy left that there is almost this simultaneous like lifting of pressure that this weight is off of the team and also this impression that you know these are some of the best soccer players in the world bar none there's this impression that they're like oh yeah we still are some of the best players and we're going to prove it. And this game seems, you know, it seems like such a perfect opportunity in front of what should be the largest crowd for an NWSL game um, with, you know, players like Megan Rapinoe and Jess Fishlock, as you mentioned, and Sarah Booty and Ziara King, a player of the future, all of these players who have the chance to, play under, you know, not the big lights because it's a daytime game and maybe not for as big of a television audience since it's a Paramount Plus game, but um, it is a, a very big stage for these players to, I, I think, really present themselves to the rest of the league as title challengers.
2: Yeah, the, the team is absolutely will show up for – this game, and even for the players on the squad that have never really experienced uh Portland uh rain rivalry before, like they might have seen it on TV or have just barely uh, you know, had their cup of coffee, experiencing it this season. Like everybody's gonna turn up for it. But also, what's really adding it to is the fact that Portland thorns have been sitting at the top of the league standings for quite a while now because they are a very good team. And of course, if the rain do what they do and are able to beat Portland on Sunday night, that victory is just going to be a whole lot sweeter because of the fact that, you know, they're playing in, 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 in the big stadium in Seattle. There's going to be a lot of people and, you know, they get to um, pull a little, a uh, little blemish on a very good Portland team. Like there's no, there's no denying it. Like they, the Portland thorns this season have been very good, even when they did not have their Olympic Olympian players as well.
1: Portland, I think, hasn't lost now in two months compared to the re- The rest of the league is shockingly balanced. Like I think there's only four points separating third place from eighth place, which is another reason the rain actually are doing as well as they are in terms of being back in the playoff position. And, and so if they can string together a pretty good run, they could easily kind of get up into a home field playoff position, which is going to be huge.
0: It is really wild. And, you know, I can't speak as much to the brain side of it, but I know we've seen the sounders and the timbers clash in sort of similar circumstances where the, the timbers were on an absolute tear and then sounders pull off a win against them and they, the timbers just crumble from that point. I, I wouldn't be upset to see that happen with this one. Um, You know, we, we mentioned Laura Harvey being back, having been the inaugural coach for The Rain. Um, with this doubleheader, I think we all know the rain in one way or another have been trying to make a game at then Century Link Field, now Lumen Field happen for a very long time. They've come very close previously. Now it's finally happening. And it's happening as a doubleheader that the teams have clearly made a significant effort to try to make this not just a couple of soccer games. This is a very real event. The branding and the stuff they put out with the music stages all makes it very much seem like it's a music festival. That's the vibe that's being presented. Um, Mickey Turner, who... Writes for Sounder at Heart put out a piece discussing that there is the possibility that this becomes an annual or more than that event. Uh, but for that to happen, this is going to need to be a quote unquote success. Uh, Steve, for for you and in your opinion, what do you think a success looks like for I think for both the Rain and for the Sounders?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this this is a huge opportunity we've we've heard time and time again when the rain were playing back at Memorial or even before then at Starfire, where it, it, it's just not the same atmosphere as it is if you're playing in the big stadium and you see that, you know, in, in throughout the league with many of the teams playing in smaller venues that that having that many fans there to cheer you on and having that many eyes on you is it just takes it to a whole new level. And, and obviously, one of the challenges in Seattle is that there is not like a, a nice you know 20,000 seat, 15,000 seat venue that would be a good size for the rain that would also be a good size for an MLS team because the football stadium is here and the Sounders have been such a runaway success. So, um, you know, I think we've heard in the past from from Bill Predmore that that they thought probably about. Ten thousand fans would be what they would think is a, a number that could potentially have been sustainable at at what was then CenturyLink, and now that that's maybe even a little bit higher number now, just because the nwsl salary cap has risen significantly since that time, and the and it should continue to keep rising to get these players paid a living wage. So, in terms of what would make it a success, I think we we really are going to be looking to see how many people are actually coming early to attend the rain um thorns game and then staying for the sounders timbers or you know you can leave too we're not going to make you stay for both games but show up for the rain game because it's going to be a really good game um and also kind of what what does that atmosphere feel like because there's going to be a big traveling portland contingent of fans too and that's something that hasn't really been experienced in the NWSL before so that's a, 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 another wild card that's going to really kind of change the the dynamic of how this game feels to there could you know easily be 1500 2000 portland fans up in the corner of the 300s cheering on so the seattle fans and the rain fans are going to need to be just all that much louder and rooting on their team Jacob, I know
0: OL the mothership the women's team and the men's team do not typically play in the same stadium but for big games like against PSG they play in i you know i do not recall the name of the stadium but they play those in the big stadium yeah it seems like if this works out that is a model that it seems like would be beneficial for both sides what what sort of benefit do you think the rain would see from a situation where maybe in the future they're playing all of their home portland games and you know a couple other ones potentially on you know sounders timbers games are consistently put on national television if the cbs deal with nwsl continues And these games are happening at the big stadium. If those got put on big CBS, um, what kind of impact do you think that could have for the rain and additionally for the league? Like that's a huge advertisement effectively for the league where MLS does a lot, but they don't have many world cup winners or Mm -hmm. objectively best players in the world. That is something NWSL can claim
2: yeah i mean overall it would just create uh it can only add more to just the re- relevancy, relevancy of uh not only the rain but also the nwsl in that you know, you're showcasing all of these big games uh the big stadium games uh hopefully on big cbs but then it you know just keeps the interest local uh locally here you know up and strong uh because you know we've always heard uh from soccer fans that if the rain ever played a game at the big stadium in downtown Seattle, they would go check out a game. And it sounds like for this coming Sunday, it's going to be the first first rain game for a lot of people. You know, they've heard about them. They might've watched a stream here or two, but you know, it really is a, it's an understandable struggle for a lot of people to come from, let's say the North end of uh, Western Washington to drive all the way down to Tacoma and Cheney Stadium, you know, that is a long drive for a lot of people. And I understand why a lot of people don't want to make that drive. But if it, if it becomes an annual thing where they're playing, you know, against the Thorns or maybe the, the incoming Angel City FC or San Diego, um, those games at Lumen, then, you know, it provides another opportunity for those for people that want to keep following the NWSL. But, you know. Again, understandable uh, logistics of, you know, that drive down to Cheney Stadium is just uh, really hard for a lot of people. And, you know, if more people are keeping up, you know, investing um, their time and money and interest into the NWSL, it could then, you know, potentially um, advance uh, the progress that the uh, Rain and Sounders are trying to make in making a soccer-specific stadium down in Tacoma you know, that can possibly um, seat uh, around 10,000 people to be like, you know, the, the second venue for um, our two professional uh, soccer teams here.
0: I know, Steve, you sort of, you were specifically referencing, you know, butts in seats, what is a success for this game. For the both of you personally, What what would feel like, a success or you know not necessarily an on the field win i think an on the field win would feel like a win but Mm -hmm. what from like a fan engagement perspective is going like is there one thing that if you see x happen it's going to feel like oh we we really did it
1: i mean i i think already what what we've seen in the way that this game that these two games are being marketed is is so different from what's happened with other doubleheaders in the past in the NWSL, for instance, Chicago, um, red stars and fire have done some doubleheaders in the past where the red stars were basically just an afterthought where it was like, Oh, you happen to be in the same stadium. And if you want to stick around after the fire game, wouldn't that be great? But there wasn't the same level of turning it into a, a big event. And w- what we've seen already from this with like the, the shared scarves and the press opportunity with the players from both teams, and the way that it's being marketed is give i think lifting it in a way that is really important for for the rain and for the nwsl because women's sports have been kind of treated as secondary for so long and that this this equal billing with with the big players like megan rapino being featured right next to ral really diaz is is putting them in front of a lot of eyes that have not really kind of paid attention to them in the past and maybe helping to get people to rethink what it actually means to, to be a soccer supporter in the Puget Sound region. So I think from that perspective already, I would say it's a success and I'm not really sure that anything could change that at this point.
2: Yeah, I agree with Steve. Um, It feels like the way they've built up anticipation towards Sunday has just been, Pretty good in terms of like making it feel like a really big deal that um, you know this may be a once in a lifetime event. Obviously, we we're not we're not hoping for that. We want it to be an annual thing where the rain are playing their Cascadia rivals, any other marquee teams to have you know their one one or two big matches at uh, Lumen Field moving forward. But yeah, the way they've uh, both teams have just gone all out with the marketing to make it really feel like okay we've heard you know the wishes you know we and it, it's it's been finally been spoken into existence it's happening and uh they you know they're all of the music acts that are going to be happening between uh the games uh it's like three uh, 21 bet performers across three stages like that is a lot that's it's it's amazing it's like they're taking a music festival but also reminding people you're also here you're here first and foremost for the two uh you know possibly biggest soccer games uh of the regular season for both of these teams and then also come hang out and um just hang around watch some music now i do think um what's also uh been really beneficial is for them to change their uh stance on re-entry cuz it was a very valid concern for a lot of fans where i don't want to be stuck inside a, a stadium for 6 plus hours it's just like being stuck at you know in the office whether if it's actual office or your home office so i'm glad that the uh lumen field operators were able to relax on that stance so folks can if they want to actually leave the stadium you know do a little bit of walking you know out you know out in the streets of pioneer square maybe meet up with a friend at a nearby uh bar or restaurant and then you can still come back in so i think that has uh taken away some concerns about you know i don't want to uh be stuck in one place for six hours you know and i've been really looking forward to go you know watching the rain for possibly the first time in my life but you know there was there were uh, some valid concerns about wrestling you know something that i've been wa- they've been wanting to do versus you know personal comfort so i think uh relaxing that rule has also kind of Given people a little bit more excitement, it's like okay, now I you know I feel you know comfortable as one can be you know with still the pandemic going on, but knowing that they can actually leave the stadium properly to get you know a proper fresh air, properly stretch out their legs, I think has uh, reinstilled some comfort and excitement that now they can actually go do uh, the double header properly on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think that reentry change makes a huge difference because I. I know I am anticipating being in the press box for both games, but if I was because going
2: as... Because you and I are masochists like that, Tim.
0: <laughs> yes, I just love to sit. Um, mm. But I I think a difficult thing for me if I were attending just as a fan would be that like even going for one game, being in crowds that for that prolonged amount of a time is very stressful and anxiety inducing for me. And I'm, I know that there are people who have much bigger issues with that. The idea of being stuck in that environment for six hours is terrifying for people. It's scary. Just having the option to like go, even if you just like go stand in an alley for 20 minutes and Mm -hmm. aren't bothered for a little bit and it's not loud for you. Like that's huge. Um, I think I think one of the things that makes me feel like this is going to be a success is that, yes, it's been presented as an event and a special thing and that's all true, but it's also from the Sounders perspective, been presented as something that's important and not just like a fun thing to do. I think it, it feels meaningful that in, in the advertising and the, outreach it's all like the sounders and the rain have equal billing it is literally being presented side by side i mean that is that's the tag that's being used they are equals in this event um which yeah feels important and feels meaningful um i
2: and it's also just the the fortunate timing of both Teams and their schedules, they're both facing their port their Cascadia rivals. Like that alone is just enough to, you know, energize a lot of uh, soccer fans. Like it's simply put, Rain and Sounders versus Portland. Like for a lot of us, that's like boom, I'm there.
0: Right. That is appointment viewing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know we don't have injury reports yet, so there are some. Some players whose availability we're not sure of, uh, Eugenie, Lesomer, I my French pronunciation I'm sure is terrible. I only
2: have experience with Spanish and even that is bad. That sounds better uh, than what some commentators we've heard on broadcast, so don't worry.
0: Well, that's because I care. <laughs> uh, but she may still be unavailable because of concussion. Uh, the other player, though, who it feels worthwhile to talk about in this moment is Sam Hyatt, uh, we are very accustomed to Sounders players playing in front of their hometown fans with the homegrown system in the academy, uh, but we have less experience with that sort of thing from the rain perspective. I know Susie Rance, our wonderful colleague, has a piece coming out in the near future on this topic, but Uh, What do you guys think it would mean to be able to have this, you know, incredibly talented hometown player play in front of, I'm sure she's played in front of friends and family before, but this is a little bit different environment. Um, What do you guys think that would mean for, for her, that's sort of speculating, but, you know, for women's soccer and girls soccer in the Puget Sound to be able to see
1: one of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you hear it regularly from the Saunders Academy guys who go up and, and play a game where it's just something you, you dream about forever. And probably for, for a player like Sam Hyatt, where when she was playing in youth leagues, there wasn't even a, a professional women's league, let alone a team in Seattle. So this is even all the more kind of a, a big deal. And I think, you know, the Rain Academy has now been established for a couple of years and it's kind of just getting its footing. And there's, I'm sure, going to be players from that group watching this game too and now seeing this and saying someday that could be me on the field too it's not just the boys looking and saying i want to be jordan morris it's going to be the girls looking and saying i'm going to be the next megan Rapino. i'm going to be the next sam hyatt out here doing something and that that can pay off dividends in the future for teams in ways that we can't you know we have no idea who some of these girls are right now but in a couple of years they could be the next players that are getting called up to the national team and getting signed to homegrown contracts if the nwsl will get off their duff and get that sorted out and and that that just kind of makes it all the more of a connection to the for the team to the community and things that that are are really important for establishing roots and helping to build the league and the and the rain and the team
2: exactly what Steve said <laughs> like it's it has it it has to be just a dream come true for her, and yeah just the the impact that it could mean for you know the rain academy players to see. Sam Hyatt, a local product, you know, make it all the way up to the the first team and play, you know, under the biggest lights uh, uh, the state has in terms of sports stadiums. Yeah, it's, you know, everything that he said, it's basically that.
0: It is. I mean, it's something that we hear quite a bit from Sounders Academy players where they talk about growing up in I mean, oftentimes that's sort of a funny thing because they're a teenager and they're still very much in the process of growing up, but growing up and, you know, as a kid coming and watching their favorite players at CenturyLink Stadium and dreaming of being able to play there for girls of that age, like that wasn't even an option until right now that they could have a chance to. Grow up and become a professional soccer player and play in front of these giant stadiums in their hometown, especially if this becomes a regular occurrence, whether that's just once a year or a few times a year, that if you are a kid in the Rain Academy, there is a real chance that you could work your way up and you could make that OL Rain roster and you could play in front of 40,000 people at Lumen Field. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible motivation to be able to provide to people. Um I think that's it's all just very excited. I exciting. I am very excited about Sunday.
2: Yeah. Um, and and the and the Rain Academy players also have plenty of exposure as is to when some of the players from the first team come down to Watch their training sessions, or watch some of their games, or even do coaching clinics. So it's like they've already had established in a, a connection with to, with the first team players. So they've been able to, you know, see the finished product of somebody, you know, like uh, Megan Rapinoe, Bethany Balser, Ziara King, etc., and Sam Hyatt. Um, but then, you know, just being able to have something like this, like the annual game at Lumen Field between O L. Rain and whomever. Like that's just another thing that they can, you know, write down as like some, you know, someday that could be me, or I'm, you know, that someday that will be me and I'm gonna, you know, work my way towards it. So yeah, it's just it's just another thing that um they can tack on as to like, you know, you know uh, a goal, an achievement that, you know, any of the players that they have in their academy system can possibly, you know, experience it for themselves, you know, as they continue to develop uh, their game.
0: You know, I think that's probably a good place to end this one. Uh, thank you to Jacob and Steve. I am Tim Foss signing off for Sounder at Heart and for Coffee and Valkyries, right of the Valkyries. Uh, I am Tim Foss. And we will catch you next time.